podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Would you be without your emotions? If the sum total of all your experiences makes up the tapestry of your life, it is the emotions you've experienced that give that tapestry its color. Our emotions really do give color to our lives. Try to imagine for a moment a world where no emotions could occur. No joy would be possible, no feelings of happiness, bliss, charity, or kindness, no love would be felt, no positive emotions of any kind. On this imaginary, emotionless planet, there would be no negative emotions either, no sorrow, no anger, no feelings of depression, and no grief. To live on such a planet would be to merely exist, with no ability to feel emotions of any kind, Life would be reduced to a gray, mechanical ritual from cradle to grave. Be grateful that you can feel emotions. But are there emotions you have experienced that you would rather not have felt? If you're like most people, your life has had its darker times. What you may not realize is that some of the negative emotions you've experienced, even though you may have felt them a long ago, may still be creating problems for you in subtle yet very damaging ways. The emotion code is about finding those old emotions and releasing them forever. Dr. Brad Nelson. In this episode, Dr. Brad Nelson reveals how we can heal trapped negative emotions. Dr. Bradley is a veteran holistic physician He is one of the world's foremost experts in the emerging fields of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. Dr. Brad has certified thousands of practitioners worldwide to help people overcome unresolved anger, depression, anxiety, loneliness, and other negative emotions, and the physical symptoms associated with them. His best-selling book, The Emotion Code, provides step-by-step instructions for working with the body's healing power. Dr. Brad spends his time lecturing internationally, writing articles, and developing the next iteration of The Emotion Code, The Body Code. 
and credential programs for the Emotion Code and the Body Code practitioners. To read Dr. Brad's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Here is the interview with Dr. Brad Nelson. In your own words, who is Brad Nelson? I am a uh, holistic physician, really. I graduated from chiropractic college in 1988. It was really an answer to prayer that got me into the healing arts. When I got into practice, I developed this habit. Before I would work on someone, I would take a moment and ask for help from up above. It was a totally private, totally personal habit. No one knew that I was asking for help from God for these people, but that's what I was doing. And during those years, there were times when people would come in to see me that had really serious, really severe problems that I didn't know how to help. When I would offer that silent prayer for help, there were times when the information would just literally flood into me about what to do to help them and how to visualize their problem and how to understand what was happening with them. During all of those years, I found that no matter what my patients were suffering from, no matter what their complaints were, no matter how old they were, no matter how young they were, whether they were suffering from depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD or eating disorders or self-sabotage or things like low back pain or neck pain or migraine headaches or carpal tunnel syndrome or knee pain elbow pain, wrist pain, or if they had problems, infertility or digestive disorders. What I found was that those people all had something in common. Their emotional baggage was part of the reason why they were experiencing these symptoms. That led me to write this book, The Emotion Code. So I left my practice in 2004 and wrote The Emotion Code, which came out in July of 2007 and which is coming out again as a revised and updated version in May of this year uh, from St. Martin's Press with a foreword by Tony Robbins and lots of endorsements from a lot of really well-known people in this industry, people like Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza. The Emotion Code is just this very simple, very powerful way to find and remove your emotional baggage. And that's what it's all about. I have a lot of questions just by listening to you. You talk about God as the um, inspiration or the voice that talked to you about how to heal others. Can you describe the connection you have with God? It really started when I was seven years old. I was really sick with the measles. I was going into the hospital the next day, and I was going into something called an oxygen tent. And I didn't really know what an oxygen tent was, but the tent part of it sounded kind of interesting to my seven-year-old brain. (laughs) But I was too sick to really be able to enjoy it. My parents had made a bed for me upstairs in our house so I could be near their bedroom. And something happened this one particular night that if I live to be a million years old, I'll never, ever forget it. So I'm lying on the couch just feeling really ill, and my parents came into the room, and my mother said to my father, she said, honey, will you kneel down with me and say a prayer so that our boy will be able to get well? And so they did. And in the middle of this prayer, something impossible happened to me. I had this change that started at the top of my head, and it went whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet about that fast, and I was made completely well. To go from being really, really sick one moment to being completely, vibrantly, perfectly healthy in the next instant is so bizarre and so impossible that if it ever happens to you, you don't ever forget it. And every moment of that 
even though I was only seven years old, I remember it like it happened yesterday. And I held my tongue until my dad was done praying. It didn't take long. And when he was done, I said, I'm better. God healed me. And they said, well, that's fine, honey. Go back to sleep. Tomorrow you're going into the oxygen tent. But the next day proved it. I was better. So that taught me at this young age of only seven that there is a higher power that we can draw upon. And if we ask for help, that help is available to us. That was really the beginning for me. Then I come to the conclusion that the highest duty of the healer is to act as a go-between for that higher power. You know, whatever you believe that higher power to be. The emotion code is not some kind of a denominational thing. I don't care what people believe. It doesn't matter. But I do explain to people how this came about, really. About 20 years in practice, I'm seeing people day in, day out of all different ages. And I just feel like I need help with these people. So I have this little habit that no one knows about. But I would just take a moment and just try to connect with that higher power, uh, with God, source energy, however you might refer to it. And I believe that when you ask, you receive. So that's really where the emotion code came from. And it's just this beautiful, simple, easy method that anyone can use to find and get rid of their own emotional baggage. Now, to understand what emotional baggage is, that seems pretty abstract. But if you think about the body, I mean, if you look at your hand, for example, you've seen that hand before. If you were to magnify that hand about maybe 40 times, you may not be able to recognize it anymore because you'd be seeing the cells that are making up your hand. And if you were to magnify your hand about 850,000 times, you might be looking at a single strand of DNA. And that wouldn't look anything like your hand, but it would still be part of your hand. And if you were to continue to magnify the hand about a million power or more magnification, you might be looking face to face with a single individual atom that is making up your hand. And it's part of your hand. But if you were to look inside that atom, you'd see there's really nothing in there but empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that's really what we are. We're beings of pure energy. When you're feeling an emotion, if that emotion is very powerful, what's really going on on a quantum level in your body at the smallest level is that you are experiencing a new vibrational frequency. We can measure thoughts electronically. We can measure emotions, and different emotions appear to have different frequencies or vibrations, which I think just makes sense. If you're feeling an emotion of anger, for example, that's a specific frequency of energy because everything in the universe is energy. There's nothing that isn't energy. It's all energy. So if you're feeling an emotion of grief, that's a different vibration. Sadness, that's a different vibration. And loneliness, that's a different vibration. When the emotion is very, very powerful, that energy can become stuck in the body or trapped in the body. So when the bully moves away or the divorce is finalized or you quit that job and get a better job, whatever it is, when you think you've moved past that emotion, yet some of that emotional energy is very likely still with you and that can disrupt your life and interfere with your ability to really create the health that you want and the life that you want. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, there was a woman who came in to see me. I'd seen her before in my office as a patient, but one day she came in and she said she thought she was having a heart attack and she had crushing chest pain. She had difficulty breathing. Her left arm was completely numb. The left side of her face was completely numb. I had her come into my office and I'd started doing some testing with her. I told my staff we might need an ambulance and stand by very close to a hospital. 
But as I was doing some testing with her using the techniques that we now call the emotion code, I found that she had a trapped emotion of grief and it had occurred about three years before. And when I found that out, she all of a sudden burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, what happened to you? And she said, three years before, she was just going along with her life, but all of a sudden found out that her husband was having an affair and confronted him about it. And the marriage blew up. She was really deeply in love with him and was so hurt that this could have happened to her. And so she cried buckets of tears and uh, spent a year in therapy, had even recently gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned, what happened three years before was just part of her history and that her ex was just her ex and that's it. But as far as her body was concerned, it was like this had just happened. When I released this trapped emotional energy, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face within about three seconds. Whoosh, and the pain was gone, chest pain, the difficulty breathing was all gone. She left my office about 10 minutes later, feeling totally fine after laughing and joking with my staff and no symptoms at all. And after she left, I remember sitting down at my desk thinking, what in the world was that? What did I just witness? When we develop a trapped emotion, if you can imagine an emotion actually becomes, first, it's a feeling that we feel, but if it's too powerful, then the energy of that emotion can become trapped and it forms into a little ball. We call it a trapped emotion, a little ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. These energies can lodge anywhere in the body and wherever they lodge, they will tend to cause a couple of different problems. They will tend to interfere with the normal energy field of the body. They distort the normal energy field of the body. And because that's all your body is, is an energy field, when you're distorting part of that energy field on a continual basis, you're interfering with the chemical reactions in those tissues. You're interfering with the flow of acupuncture energy, with blood flow, lymph flow, all of those things. And so that's why trapped emotions are such a huge underlying cause of physical pain. 90% or more of all the physical pain that people have is actually being caused by their emotional baggage. We've been doing this work now in 78 countries, and 30 years we've been doing this. We're seeing consistently that our emotional baggage is the biggest underlying cause of our physical pain. But there's another side of this. I'll tell you a story that will help to explain this and enlighten this point. There was a man that came into me once, many years ago. He was suffering from really severe low back pain. And on a zero to 10 scale, where zero is no pain and 10 is take me to emergency, he was a nine. He was one point away from going to the ER. I tested him and found that he had a trapped emotion. He had emotional energy trapped in his body that was an underlying reason for his back pain. Using the emotion code, I was able to figure out that this had occurred 20 years before. The emotion was anger. When I released that emotion, and by the way, this is a very rapid process. It probably took less than a minute to figure this out. I swiped down his back a few times with a magnet, which is how we release these emotions. And... The pain went from a nine to a zero pretty much instantly. He couldn't believe it. It was like a miracle to him because his back had been so bad. He's walking around in my office and bending over and touching his toes, and he just keeps looking at me. He just can't believe that it's gone. And I was grateful that it worked so well. Here's the interesting thing. A couple of days later, he came back into my office, and here's what he said. He said, you know, Dr. Nelson, my back pain is still gone. He said, I still can't quite believe it. It's miraculous to me. But he said, you know... When I came in here, I had another problem that I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, 
I've basically been what you'd call a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I've got to watch the road rage. He said, I've been to anger management several times. It hasn't really helped me. But he said, since you released that emotion, I feel different. I don't feel on edge anymore. I just feel kind of relaxed and things that used to really set me off don't bother me. I just feel peaceful. He said, I feel like a different person. He said, how did you do that? And at the time, I, I said, I don't know. I'm not sure how that worked. But what we believe now is that when you have a trapped emotion, what's really going on is that you've got this ball of energy. So think about this. This man, 20 years before, and by the way, he remembered what had happened, something very upsetting. That experience left him with this ball of emotional energy, literally this ball of anger in his low back. So 20 years later, it's practically crippling him with pain. But there's this other side of it, you see, because in his life, when a situation would come along where he might tend to feel the emotion of anger, he would feel that emotion. He would slide right into that emotional vibration much more easily than he otherwise would have. Why? Because literally part of his body was vibrating at this frequency of anger 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, if you think about your own life, about the things that you have been through, maybe you've been through a divorce or maybe more than one, or maybe you've been through some breakups, or maybe you were abused as a child, or maybe your parents got divorced. Maybe you had to listen to them argue for years. Maybe you had difficulty in school. Maybe you were bullied. Who knows? We've all been through difficult things, some of us more than others. Those emotions that we experience stay with us in the form of these trapped emotions, which we also refer to as emotional baggage. It's an interesting thing because we often say things like that person just has a lot of emotional baggage. What we don't realize is that there's a profound truth in that statement, and it's true for all of us. We all have emotional baggage. But now we have a really simple, easy way to get rid of it, and that's the emotion code, which can be learned by anybody. In fact, we even have kids doing it. It's easy and powerful. You said that your connection with God is done by prayer. That's how it started. That's the way you understand that connection to work. And what happened to you as a child, would you call that a miracle? Oh, I think for sure it was a miracle. Absolutely. To go from being so sick one moment to being totally well in the next instant. I don't know what else you'd call it. But what is a miracle? Well... I think it was uh, Arthur C. Clarke said that any technology that is sufficiently advanced is seen as being miraculous. For example, if you were to take somebody from the 1850s for a ride in your car, to them that would be a miracle. The thing about the emotion code, people getting out of pain instantly and seeing all kinds of amazing things happen, it can seem miraculous, but really it's just a matter of understanding what's really going on. For example, there was a woman that I talked to recently She got the Emotion Code book, started reading it, and got it on audio as well, and started listening to it and reading it. And her son started reading it and listening to it as well. He started practicing with his friends, and she didn't pay too much attention. But a couple of weeks later, the phone rang. She picked up the phone, and the woman on the other end of the phone line identified herself as the mother of one of this woman's son's friends. And she said, listen, your son has been doing this emotion thing with the boys. And she said, my son has had a severe phobia of water all of his life. She said, it's been very disruptive to our life and to his life. We've tried everything. We've taken him to everybody. Nothing has touched this phobia. But she said, right now I'm at the community pool. My son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his life. She said, your son did this to him. She said, I don't understand how this is possible. What in the world is he doing? 
Now, those two boys are only 11 years old. That's how powerful this can be. And when you remove emotional baggage, there are all kinds of good benefits that can flow from that. In this case, this boy had a phobia of water. Who knows why? But it was a trapped emotion that was causing that. And that's typical with phobias. We see one or two trapped emotions as the cause of phobias. Every disease process that we've seen now in uh, 30 years has had trapped emotions as an underlying cause. Now, in my own opinion, I think I've seen cases where trapped emotions were the only underlying cause. For example, there was a woman that came into me in my practice. She was uh, about 72 years old. The very first thing that showed up is that she had a trapped emotion, and the trapped emotion was sadness. When you use the emotion code, what you're doing is you're asking the subconscious mind questions, and it's the subconscious mind that has the answers. I decided I wanted to see when this had occurred. And so it went back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It went back to 1963. She was a young woman in 1963. And so I thought, gee, I wonder if this was about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the president. At the same moment that I'm getting a strong response from her body saying, yes, that's exactly what this was. At that same moment, she's actually bursting into tears. She said, yes, that affected me so deeply. And then she said, when his son, JFK Jr., died in a plane crash, it was like it all came back all over again. And she said, all I could do for days was cry. I couldn't eat or work or do anything. I thought, gee, I wonder where this energy has been in her body all these years and what it's done to her. The trapped emotion is literally a ball of energy and they're invisible. It took me a long time to figure this out, but these trapped emotions are real and they interfere with the body's ability to function. So using muscle testing, which is how we get answers from the subconscious mind, I asked where this energy was in her body and it wasn't on the right side of the body. It was on the left side of her body and it wasn't in the abdominal area or below that in her legs or in her left leg. It was actually in the area of the left breast when I arrived at that, she and I just stood there gaping at each other because suddenly we realized, we remembered four years before she'd had that breast removed because it was cancerous. Every case of cancer that we've seen now in 30 years has had uh, trapped emotions as an underlying component. In this 21st century, we're finally starting to realize that what the quantum physicists have been telling us for over 100 years is actually true, that we're beings of pure energy. And the ultimate way to take care of ourselves is to recognize our true nature for what it really is, that we are beings of energy. The emotion code is the simplest, easiest, fastest, most efficient, most effective form of energy medicine that we've ever known. Wow, it sounds like it very much. Can we try the, um, you call energy healing on our own? If I read your book and I understand the, the principles, the methods, is that possible? You absolutely can, yes. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. We have almost 5,000 practitioners of the Emotion Code in 78 countries around the world. You can find a practitioner that can work with you. And most of them work with clients that are in other countries because this work is energy work and energy work is not bound by geography. You can work with someone on the other side of the planet and get immediate results. And our practitioners do all the time. But you can also do this yourself. And that's one of the great things about it. Like the little boy, 11 years old, that healed his friend's phobia of water. It's a simple process that anyone can learn. There are no prerequisites to it. You don't have to have any kind of a college degree, nothing at all. It's really quite revolutionary in that way. A lot of people have helped themselves by just finding the book and reading the book and finding that it's easy and that they get better. Yeah, that's important, right? To take care of ourselves so we can take care of others too. What is the difference between trapped emotions and physical pain due to bad posture? 
Here's what I found during all those years that I was in practice. I worked a lot with people who had had injuries as well as chronic problems. What I found was that a lot of the time when people have some kind of an injury, for example, I would find that when I would ask their subconscious mind, I would usually find emotional baggage there as an underlying cause of their physical pain. Even though sometimes they would have had, maybe it's a football player who gets hit from the side by somebody. Maybe it's a basketball player who gets injured on the court. What I would find is that oftentimes there would be either a trapped emotion that would be there that would be interfering with and weakening their body so that they were more prone to be injured. Or when they are injured, trapped emotions would maybe migrate to that area because now it's a weakness. Typically, on the webinars and things that we do in Facebook Lives, we'll usually take people that are in pain. I don't usually even like to talk to people unless they're at least a 7 on a 0 to 10 scale. But we can take people that are actually feeling physical pain right then in that moment and find emotional baggage and usually get rid of it. That's usually maybe one or two or three trapped emotions, usually at most. It's usually not a problem at all. It's a very matter-of-fact, really simple thing. I mean, for example, if you're in pain right now, we can work with you if you want. Oh, is it? No, I, okay. not at this moment. I have had pain, but not, not today. Thank God. Have you treated anyone with addiction? Yes. In fact, one of the most common things that we see with addiction has to do with the heart. Ancient peoples believed the heart, the human heart, was the source of love and the source of creativity, the source of romance, and really the core of our being. In the West, we've never really paid much attention to those old ideas, just believing that that was poetic license from long ago and that those ancient societies didn't have the kind of instrumentation that we have now. But over the last 20 years, our instrumentation has advanced. In fact, we now have a machine called a magnetocardiogram that measures the magnetic field of the heart. What they have found is that the heart puts out a magnetic field that extends out around the body 12 feet or more in diameter. And when you're feeling love or affection for another person, your heartbeat will appear and become measurable in their brain waves. Your heart rate and their heart rate will synchronize if you're feeling love or affection for them. So there's this communication going on between all of us all the time. Now, back in the 1960s, when they started doing heart transplants, people would come back to the doctor and report strange things. Sometimes they would say things like, you know, my taste in music or my taste in sports or food has totally changed. I now have memories of being places that I never in my life have ever been to. And yet I have memories now of being there. Sometimes they would say that uh, their handwriting had totally changed. In every case, when these people were taken and connected to the family of the heart donor, they would find out, yes, that's our son's handwriting that now you have. How weird is that? Or they would find out, oh, yes, our daughter had visited all those places that now you have memories of. Or, yes, our son was a concert violinist, and that must be why now you love classical music, because he loved it so much. Strange things, right, that there is really no explanation for in Western medicine. If you go back to the Bible, or you go back to the ancient writings, the heart was very prominent in all the ancient writings in every culture. In the Bible, the heart is, measured, or is mentioned just shy of a thousand times. You see that word. Again, you know, we thought it was just poetic license, but what we believe now is that the heart is actually a second brain. It's where you store your memories and the things that you really love the most. 
And when that heart is transplanted, those memories can go with that heart. Those affinities can go with that heart. It's called cellular memory, and it's an amazing thing. Well, what we have found is that uh, when you feel like your heart is going to break, there's a physical sensation that most people have felt. At some point, they feel like their heart is going to break because someone's either really hurting them or they're just so deeply grieved. And it's a physical sensation, feels like an elephant sitting on your chest or like you're choking, like you can't breathe. In those circumstances, your heart is really under assault. When that's going on, your subconscious mind will try to do something to protect that heart from being totally broken, and it will find emotional baggage that is in your body, and it will take that emotional baggage, and it will move that emotional baggage and put it around your heart. And we call this a heart wall. And literally, we find that 93% of people in this world have this phenomenon, this heart wall And when you have a heart wall, when you've got this energetic, this invisible energy wall, this force field around your heart, again, it's made from layers of your emotional baggage. It interferes with your ability to fall in love, to stay in love. It interferes with your ability to really manifest the perfect life that you're capable of manifesting in this world. It will keep you lonely. It will keep you broke. And it will also tend to keep you addicted. To give you an idea, there was a woman that came in to see me many years ago now, right after we found out about this heart wall situation. She came in to see me because she had neck pain. She'd seen a couple of other doctors for it, and they hadn't been able to help her. So she came in to see me as kind of a last resort. And as I was talking with her, she told me that she'd been single for eight years. She had not dated in eight years. She was never going to date again, ever. She was going to die single. She was an attractive woman. She was a nurse. She was only 38 years old. And I said, well, why do you feel this way? What happened to you that made you feel this way? And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. That experience was so painful, she was never going to date again. Well, when I tested her using the emotion code, and by the way, this is all in the book, uh, the emotion code, how to do all of this. What I found was that she certainly had put up a wall around her heart. And it's a subconscious thing. We don't know that we do this, but the subconscious mind takes care of this for us to try to help us. There were three trapped emotions making up this wall. They all had to do with the breakup. So I released these three trapped emotions and this whole session with her probably lasted 10 minutes. And by the time the last emotion was gone, the neck pain also disappeared completely. That's why she'd come in to see me. She left the office feeling totally fine and didn't come back for about three months. When she came back into the office, I'll always remember this, I I looked at her and she looked great. And I said, hey, you look great. I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? And she said, well, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall from me. And that really works because she said about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. Talk about a huge shift, right? Now, here's a question. Why didn't she run into him before? He'd been living right around the corner for almost eight years. She'd been single, not dating anyone. Hadn't had a single date in eight years. That's why she never ran into him, see, because she had this wall around her heart. It's an amazing phenomenon. So it's not unusual at all when people have that wall taken down for love to suddenly manifest in their life, for creative ideas to start to flow that would never really flow very well before, and also for people to be able to start making progress with addictions. Because you see, I believe that addictions are really driven by imbalance in the heart. And the biggest imbalance with the heart that we see is this heart wall phenomenon. The majority of people have this going on.
That also is in the book, of course, and you can find your own emotional baggage. You can find your own heart wall and you can get rid of it yourself. Here's a great story from a woman named Elena from Mexico City. She worked on herself and got rid of her own heart wall. And here's what she said, quote, I'm feeling an awesome difference since I released my heart wall. To begin with, my self-esteem has gone up to the sky. Secondly, I've been having one creative idea after the other. I feel the driving force, which seemed to have left me long ago, is back again with a lot of strength. I cannot really express how grateful I am to you and to God in the first place that led me to find you and your work. So we, as human beings, we are not supposed to hold on to energy. We are supposed to just sort of transmute them. But how do we do this? Like in order not to trap the energies in our bodies in a daily basis, because it could happen every day. We have stress and so many things could go wrong. No, we find just the opposite. In fact, what happens to us I believe it really has to do with who we are. I believe that we are all beings of almost really unlimited potential and unlimited capability. But what happens to us is we come into this world and we start developing emotional baggage. We go through things that are painful. We learn from our emotions. And we struggle and we try as hard as we can to make life work and we survive. But most of us are living life in an impaired way because we have this emotional baggage. The problem is our emotional baggage will tend to not only distort how we experience the world and how we feel, but also it will tend to draw things into our experience that we really don't want. The beautiful thing about this is that it's all really about freedom. It's about unlocking our own ability. Here's another way to think of it. Imagine that you're a being of light and you should just have light within you. And if so, you're going to be very bright to look at and you're going to be very capable and you're going to be very stable and you're going to feel very good. But the problem is we are beings of light, but we're beings of light that have all these little clouds of darkness within us. And those little clouds of darkness are the emotional baggage that we've picked up. Sometimes it's from our own life. Sometimes it's from our own experiences. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we absorb emotional baggage from other people. We can absorb emotional energy even when we're in the womb from mom, typically, or maybe even from dad. But we also inherit emotional baggage at the moment of conception from mother or father that they might have inherited at conception from their mother or father. And those can go back for generations. And this is another thing that your subconscious mind is completely, perfectly aware of. If you have inherited emotional energy, and the emotion code is the only method that I know of where you can actually zero in and find that kind of energy and get rid of it in a very rapid, very simple, easy way. The problem is we're all going through life and you can think of everybody that you know as going through life dragging behind them all these suitcases full of rocks. That's their emotional baggage. It's amazing how well many people do, yet they're dragging all that baggage behind them. They learn to just forge ahead and drag it with them. But the problem is that it slows all of us down. The emotion code is really just a way to cut loose from that baggage. And people often literally feel lighter. One of our practitioners recently was telling me that she went over to work on a woman at, at her house, and she ended up working on this woman's son, who I think was 10 years old. Now, kids will go through these phases where they're interested in one thing or another. At this time, this little boy was really interested in weight and in gaining weight and losing weight. 
She worked on him, released a few emotions, and as soon as she was done, he jumped up out of his chair, ran out of the room, and he was gone for about a minute. When he came back in, he had this really puzzled look on his face, and his mom said, are you okay? What's wrong? He said, I weighed myself this morning, and I knew exactly how much I weighed, and my weight hasn't changed. He said, I know I've got to be at least 10 pounds lighter because of feeling the lightness from that emotional baggage that was released. So in a way, the process of trapping emotions happens involuntarily, and we are not aware of the process. We look at emotions as messengers from the deep subconscious. We're designed to go through this process where an emotion comes up for us, we feel that emotion, and then we move on and we allow that emotion to dissipate. And that's the normal process. When that process gets interrupted is when emotional energies will become trapped in the body. And then they will want to manifest somewhere down the road, often as physical pain or some other kind of malfunction. What we have learned, though, it's possible. We always choose our emotions, no matter what the circumstance is, and we can choose different emotions. So most people go through life believing that they're at the mercy of their emotions, that whatever emotion comes up for them, that's their destiny to feel that emotion, and there's nothing they can do about it. But that's not true, you see. We can choose emotions, and there's a whole chapter It's uh, chapter 11 in the new hardcover version of the Emotion Code that's coming out in May. We talk about this extensively and how to avoid getting new trapped emotions. It's an interesting thing because the more trapped emotions you have now, the more easily you will trap emotional energies in your life. The trapped emotions that get stuck in the body are generally lower vibrational energies. This is why people feel lighter, because when you remove those emotional energies, you're allowing the body to ascend to a degree. And so you often will feel lighter. Does that make sense? No. Once you learn about trapped emotions and you're aware of them, then it really does change the way you deal with the world emotionally. It changes the way you perceive emotions, and it changes the way you choose emotions. That awareness can really be a life-changing thing for most of us, because most of us are kind of going through the world on autopilot, allowing our emotions to choose us. But the more trapped emotions you remove, the more able you are to manifest into this world that which you are supposed to be able to manifest. In other words, if you think about it, it's getting back to becoming who you're intended to be. Because very few people in this world are really living the life that they're capable of living. They're living in a diminished way, largely because of their emotional baggage. And the fascinating thing about that is that a lot of that baggage for most people is actually not even from their own life, but they are living and manifesting the emotional baggage that has been passed down to them. And like I said, sometimes that can go back for many generations. If you think about your ancestors and what did our ancestors go through? Some of our ancestors went through some pretty terrible things. In the Middle Ages, we all had ancestors and life was difficult at best then. And some of them went through things like pogroms or wars or who knows. And so those emotional energies get passed down to us. And then the world, you see, is darkened by this energies that are passed down. And so this darkness persists in the world because of this dark energy that has been passed to us. The beautiful thing about the emotion code is that when we find inherited emotional energy, and we release that emotional energy from someone, 
Our testing shows that that emotional energy not only releases from that mortal living human being, but it also releases from their mother or their father and their grandfather or great-grandfather, great-grandmother, all the way back up the line, however many generations this might have come down from. So in other words, it's releasing from all those ancestors as well, even though many of them turned to dust long ago, yet this is what our testing shows. I'll share a story with you about this. It's a fascinating aspect of the emotion code that we talk about more in this new version of the book that is coming out in May as a hardcover. I was at an event once, and uh, there were about 300 people in the audience, and there was a woman who came up out of the audience. I asked for a volunteer. This woman had terrible hip pain. Uh, She'd had it for about a year, and she'd seen several doctors for it, and nobody was able to help her. Her hip hurt so much that she would have to manually lift her leg to get in and out of her car. So she limps up onto the stage. What I found was that she had an inherited trapped emotion of fear. I tested her and found that she'd gotten this from her father. Using the emotion code, we tested it and found that he'd gotten it from his father and he'd gotten it from his father. And it went back 12 generations in her father's line. When I released that emotion, she literally began dancing around on the stage. The pain was completely gone. She went back and sat down and I finished my lecture. About a minute after I got back to our booth where the rest of my staff was, a woman came up to me and here's what she said. Dr. Nelson, I wanted you to know something. I've had this ability to see these spirits all my life, and it's kind of been a blessing, kind of been a curse. You know, there are good ones and bad ones, but she said, I wanted you to know that when you were up there on stage, I could see those ancestors of hers. They were all up there on the stage, like you said, but she said, what I saw was that surrounding the stage was about 200 spirits of this woman's unborn descendants that were rejoicing that they weren't going to have to take on this crippling energy from her. This is the kind of thing that we see. There are lots of stories like this in the new Emotion Code book that's coming out in May. And that's available, by the way, if you're interested, you can pre-order the hardcover if you go to Amazon.com. That's coming out May 7th with a forward by Tony Robbins and some other great endorsements from people like Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza and Darren Weissman and so on. So anyway, it's very, very exciting stuff. And uh, the inherited part of this is one aspect that some people aren't really aware of, but it's a very powerful side of this that enables you not only to help yourself, but also to break those cycles, those chains of abuse sometimes and dysfunction that can go on and on from one generation to another, and they can just go on and on for hundreds and hundreds of years. You can break those chains using the emotion code. What is the difference between emotions and feelings? Not too much difference, I don't think. I mean, if you're having a feeling of love for somebody, you're feeling an emotion of love. If you're feeling fearful, that's an emotion of fear. In my book, feelings are how we initially experience these emotions. Those feelings come from the deep subconscious. When we begin to feel a certain feeling about something that's going on in our life, it could be a negative feeling, it could be a positive feeling. Either way, it's a message from the subconscious. The more emotional baggage you have, the more of those feelings will be negative and the more feelings you'll have of negativity about yourself or about other people and so on. Those may start out as mild, gentle feelings, but if you allow them to, they can very quickly become intense And it's at that feeling level where you can pause for a moment and you can choose what you want to do. For example, if somebody does something that is hurtful to you, what feeling comes up for you? What do you notice? If it's a feeling of anger that's coming up, it's okay to notice that. 
But rather than jumping in with that feeling of anger and allowing that to really maximize that particular negative emotional frequency, instead, in that moment, as soon as you feel that feeling, you can stop and you can say, okay, I know what I'm feeling now, but do I really want to feel that? Is that where I want to go? Or would I rather go to a different place? And there's lots of positive places you can go. You can go to a place of forgiveness. You can go to a place of love or compassion. The great example of that that always comes to mind for me is Christ, as they're nailing him to the cross. I mean, I can't even imagine what an emotional experience that would be like. But in that moment, he chose to go to a different place, to a place of love and forgiveness. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think it's just a phenomenal example of what we can do too. We can choose and we can choose better. We can choose higher emotions. We don't have to get into the dirt and the mud and wallow around with these very low vibrational emotions. We can choose higher emotions than that. I agree. And I like that a lot. Uh, awareness, uh, it's the key, right? Mm -hmm. To know ourselves better and kind of make that commitment to live a healthier, happier life. I have two more questions for you. Why are some people more resilient to emotional traumas than other people? That's a good question. I think it has to do with a couple of things. I think it has to do with how much baggage we're already hauling. And of course, it's invisible baggage, so you can't see it. So if somebody is really loaded down with emotional baggage, they can be on pretty thin ice. If you load them with one more box, they start dropping things. On the other hand, it has to do also with what we are used to, how we're raised. If we're raised in a household that's really reactive and people are always yelling and screaming at each other, then you're going to have to learn some new patterns. That's going to be a little more of a challenge for you, but you can do it. It's all about learning to live in a peaceful kind of state. It's about learning to feel love. It's about learning to have these walls taken down around our hearts so that our hearts can connect one with another and so that we can really feel love and connection so that we can manifest the beautiful 3D perfect blueprint that we each have within those hearts of ours. That's really what it's about. It's about creating a new world, a world where everyone is manifesting from their heart that which they are supposed to be able to manifest into this world. Imagine living in a world like that. That's where we're going. And it's a process of movement. We're going to get there gradually. The emotion code is this beautiful tool that we are being given from up above, really, to teach us how to let go of all the baggage that we are dragging around and how to live a life on a higher level. What are three things about life that you know for sure? One thing that I know for sure is that we're not alone here, that we're here absolutely for very deep reasons. I know for sure that uh, God, our creator, our father, however you want to refer to God, I know that God is real. I know that God lives. I had a very profound spiritual experience when I was 15 years old, and I learned that God is real and that we have a father above us who cares for us very deeply. There are deep, profound reasons for all of us to be here. The other thing that I know for sure is that this emotional baggage that we've been talking about for the last hour is very, very real. And getting rid of it can be the biggest, most important, most powerful, most valuable thing that you can do for yourself. And especially to take down that wall that is around the hearts of 93% of us. 
because that is getting in your way in so many ways, more than you can even imagine. And getting rid of that can really change everything for you. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services? Yeah, the best place to go is discoverhealing.com. It's H-E-A-L-I-N-G, of course. And I also have a a personal site at drbradleynelson.com. That's D-R-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we have a, uh, we actually have an event coming up. If you go to discoverhealing.com, you'll see we have an event that's coming up soon in uh, Utah. It's called our Discover the Essentials of Healing event. It's going to be in Salt Lake City. That's a great place to go if you want to really start grasping all of this. There's one last thing that I know for sure. Every man, woman, and child on this planet has an innate ability to heal, to heal themselves and to heal other people. Somewhere along the line, thousands of years ago, we lost that knowledge, but it's time for that knowledge to come back. We all have the capability of healing ourselves and others. And so the emotion code is giving that healing ability back to people in a very simple, easy way. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Nelson. Really, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Let's do it again sometime if you want. Yes. Just talk to Jennifer. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Brad Nelson, please visit his website, emotioncodegift.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.